Hello and welcome back to the CFC Talk podcast. If you remember last week or last episode, we had a Man City fan, Pranay from Tackle from Behind, uh, on the podcast discuss a little bit about Man City and what you know how how things look like from their perspectives in terms of uh, the players that they've let out, let go, and Erling Haaland coming in. And tonight we're joined by the uh, one and only Amana Singh, all the way from Sony Sports Network. Thank you for joining us. And I know we we. I think we've spent the last two, three weeks just trying to plan a date that works for both of us. And uh, finally, we've, we've gotten some time. Manus, welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling? How has your transfer window gone uh, so far the last few weeks? And and we know, that, what are your thoughts, your quick thoughts on, on on in general about Liverpool and their signings this summer? First of all, Mohamed, thank you so much for having me. I'm so sorry if this was a pain to schedule. Not at all, not at all. I, I genuinely, I was looking forward to this podcast for quite a while because of, uh, I've been wanting to interact with you on the podcast for quite a while, and and finally, I thought, you know what, I'll I'll try and text him and see if he does reply, uh, and I, and I can get him on. But yeah, thank you for coming on. It's 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 a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me once again. Uh, speaking of uh, the transfer window, Liverpool's transfer window, man, as as usual, we got the business done early. Uh, we, we got the guys that we wanted pretty early. I'm very excited for Darwin Nunes. I don't know why, I don't know when this is going to air, but he's played two friendly games so far, 65 minutes, and people are just having a go at him. I don't know why. He's just going to settle in eventually. And I think it's, 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 signing, it's a signing which is going to take some time. Uh, because he hardly speaks the language. He's hardly been in the city of Liverpool. Liverpool have not played with a number nine in the Jurgen Klopp era. So it's it's something interesting. Uh, uh, we've potentially paid our club record fee if we add the add-ons. So, so Klopp knows what he's doing and our recruitment has been great. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, Fabio Carvalho is a player I am so excited to see. And I think the world is going to look back and say... 5 million, that's it. That is what Liverpool paid for Fabio Carvalho. I, I'm not saying this season he's going to be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I think over the course of his Liverpool career, we're going to see something special. I am, I'm more excited about Fabio Carvalho developing into a new player because he's a very Jurgen Klopp project. Yeah. Uh, you know, moulding uh, a signing from the championship no one was talking about. So it's, it's a very Jurgen Klopp signing. And uh, Calvin Ramsey, of course, is going to be the backup for Trent because Nico Williams has joined Nottingham Forest. We've let go of a few players. Of course, Origi left. Sadio Mane being the biggest uh, person who exits. Uh, we've got the likes of Ben Davis leaving. A few others leaving. Uh, uh, Minamino leaving. Uh, maybe Nat Phillips makes a move. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. But uh, yeah, I'm happy with the window. But we're competing with Manchester City, so and Chelsea and Chelsea. <laughs> uh, so when I say we, I I, yeah. I mean uh, if, when I support Liverpool, you. But yeah. the team to beat is Manchester City, right? Yeah, so, at the moment, yeah. So so uh, I meant that. So yeah. they've made some good signings, and it looks like Kukera is going to be another signing that they make. So uh, when you go like for like with Manchester City, it's very tough to compete with them, especially on the financial front. So. I know what Jurgen Klopp is is up to. There are some people who are stating that we should be going for a midfielder. But if Jurgen Klopp feels that this is enough, I'm confident that this is enough. 
I think with Darwin Nunes, which what I've heard a lot of Liverpool fans say, and would you agree to this, is because we've seen the spending Klopp has done since his time at Liverpool, and it's been very calculated, and he's made sure you know he's put the money at the right place compared to some some like you know a team like Chelsea who straight up buy out whatever the asking price is, maybe negotiate a little bit, but at the end of the day they pay what what the club is asking for. Um, in terms of Nunes, do you think Liverpool might have overpaid for for him? And I don't know if you saw the um, the the article that was released on Twitter among fans and what the authentic, authenticity of the, that article is of Bar- Bar- Benfica being surprised that Liverpool would even ask uh, you know upwards of a hundred million pounds for for Nunes, including add-ons. Uh, so well, I think if we include the add-ons, it will end up being eighty-five. Uh, so it's sixty-five million pounds up front and eighty-five million if the add-ons. Anyway, the, right. the money is uh, yeah. Important. It's the it's, it's sorry the conversion. I'm I'm reading the price in euros, which is which yeah, is yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, in general, is a footballer worth sixty-five million pounds? In general, <laughs> I don't think he or she is. But uh, you know, the Neymar saga has ruined everything for everyone. I think Neymar joining PSG, the ultimate winners were Liverpool because they got the money, they signed Coutinho and we got Van Dijk and Alisson. So, um, this is the first time we've seen... See, if it, if it is the club record fee, so this is the first time, of course, we've paid that much money. It's, it's obvious. But uh, the reality is that if Jurgen Klopp feels that... A, Jurgen Klopp has never signed a striker. Dominic Solanke was the only yeah. striker we signed and that went into tribunal and whatever. So, if he feels that this is a player at the age of 23 that can work in my system and I can make him better and and knowing how our owners work, there is a resale value, of course, attached to this player as well. So, if he clicks, this 65-85 million might end up being justified. Some might even say a bargain. Uh, yeah, it might just end up being a bargain as well. But, 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 stranger things have happened. He could end up being a failure. Let's not discount that. And I, I hope it's not. And I'm very confident he won't be a failure at Liverpool because everything under the Jurgen Klopp era suggests that he should work when it comes to recruiting. So, uh, I, I, See, I mean, on Twitter, people are going to say what they want to say, right? Yeah. It's Twitter. Twitter <laughs> is like a bathroom wall, right? Uh, so, uh, each and everyone has their opinion. And, and it's good that they have their opinion. But if you take each and every opinion way too seriously, you won't be able to live, man, happily. So, let the guy at least play 90 minutes once in a Liverpool shirt. And yeah. let's then say whether he is... Uh, up to speed or not, or is he a work in progress? Is he the finished product? What are you having, by the way? I'm I'm having some some Sprite and apple juice uh, on oh. the site there. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, no, but I think I think you're right in terms of a lot of people with the, with their opinions on on Twitter and you know what they think of their signing, thinking you know they've got more experience than than you know everyone at the boardroom at Liverpool. It's probably, all it's all started yeah. by opposition fans. I mean, yeah. the, every narrative is let's be honest, every negative narrative is because it's 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 fun, man. I mean, 
people enjoy, people have a giggle, people have a laugh. They created a compilation of Nunes in 60 odd minutes missing few chances, yeah. few bad passes. I mean, I giggled. I giggled. I'm not going to take it seriously. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I think, I think you know, in terms of one of our signings, uh, Raheem Sterling, which was the most surprising part, Man City fans creating edits of his misses and his open goal ch- uh, chances that he's missed in the past year. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, he is one of your legends and you're you're doing that. So uh, yeah. it is, it is, yeah, it's it's a bit of a, a shit show, if you want to call it on Twitter in terms of transfers yeah. and when, when this year comes around. Uh, yeah. But yeah, going back to the topic of you talking about, you know, maybe Nunes being a failure of a striker, not hopefully not, um, but, you know Chelsea. If you want some some thoughts of a Chelsea's fans, you know we can we can give you a whole list of we've got a roll of strikers who have who have not succeeded at Chelsea. So our experience hasn't been as, as good as I would say. But uh, but Mohammed, there's, there's a huge difference, right? Because I mean at at Liverpool, the final say and the save was yeah. by Michael Edwards and Jurgen Klopp. They yeah. worked together so well. Chelsea, I understand where you're coming from, but Roman had a huge say in everything at Chelsea. You know so. So, I mean, the Torres, the Shevchenkos. It you was know, quite uh, opposite. I, I will add, uh, sorry for cutting you off, but I think yeah. at, during Mourinho's time at Chelsea, because he had he had achieved so much before coming, and then yeah. what he did at Chelsea the first two seasons he was here at 2004, 2005, it almost yeah. was like if he wanted a signing, Roman would say, right, we're getting this player, whatever the cost is, because of, he, because of the trust that he had on. Uh, of course. With Mourinho. And then until, uh, yeah, with... With Marina coming in as the club director, we've kind of taken a backseat and gone, okay, let's assess our transfers before we, you know, spend. We still do. My, I must say, we still do spend quite a lot on transfers every year. So, am I wrong in saying that Abramovich never made a signing in his Roman Abramovich being I think him? He like- did. He did, but there was a lot of uh, Gernaskaya had a lot of say in it as well because. I think Roman was a lot more disconnected, disconnected in the sense of he wouldn't handle day-to-day business, but every now and then he would be at matches. Yeah. He would make sure he knows what's going on, and he would, you know, fund the club and give the transfer the money that that was required by the club, but never yeah. in the sense of come in and and discuss signings. Uh, for, as, so is is, is sorry, sorry. It's very fascinating. Is is or was Lukaku someone that Tuchel really wanted himself? From what I've heard, Lukaku was favored at Chelsea, and you know the fans were keen on it. And then, with with that, it was like we needed a striker because Batshuayi at Chelsea wasn't working out. Werner and Kai Havertz, you know, were struggling, and we wanted a number nine. You know, someone who can bully the opposition, bully the defenders, and and which is why. And and you know, with the with the stats that Lukaku had with Inter, it was a no brainer, and it almost felt like you know Inter need. It was it was a great t- trade deal because Inter wanted the money, and they wanted to they they were ready to sell Lukaku for whatever came, and Chelsea bought him out. And then when we saw him at the first season, a lot of his fans were were saying, you know, give him another season. We're fine with that. But then his antics off the pitch was was yeah. what put off a lot of Chelsea fans, and you know, and the things that he said in the media, which as as a professional player, you should not be saying publicly, uh, at yeah. least. And and th- that's what caused this whole saga of him going back for nine millions. And still, you know, it's not just Lukaku, but going back to Murata Torres to a certain extent, we haven't had that incredible number nine, uh, you know, going back all the way. I guess Drogba was there. Um, and then the recent one would be would be Diego Costa. Yeah. 
a few hit and misses like uh, i would even say crespo was yeah. shevchenko you know like you guys signed some great names but it didn't yeah. work out so yeah. i get where you coming from yeah. yeah yeah but i hope that's not the case with tavernes <laughs> <honestly. laughs> no i think i think he's got i think he's 23 it's it's a it's a very different situation and i talk about haland the same way as well i say these guys are young they're ready to adapt to a you know a new f- formation or a new style of play under klopp and pep respectfully so whereas someone compared to lukaku who was so comfortable playing at inter milan at the age of 28 under Antonio Conte that that yeah. when he came to Chelsea and it was a totally different thing and the setup the setup was totally different that he generally did struggle and when he went to Inter Milan and he the first thing he said in his interview was you know the system was very different I wasn't able to fit in and it was like when you at Chelsea we've got so many star players right now that we can't build a team around one we have to adapt to everyone's you know uh, uh, you know skill level to to uh play when we were playing games um but in terms of you know we talked about man city being direct rivals at the moment and and you know being the the champions of england they've brought in erling haaland um which is you know one of the i guess youngest uh, young one of the one of the most prolific young strikers available in the market right now but then they've also let go of sterling jesus and zinchenko what are your thoughts on man city and and whether they'll be able to give liverpool um a run a run of their run for the points uh in the premier league manchester city just like liverpool and i would say even chelsea uh they have a strong identity you know like in with their managers you know and uh as long as they have the managers intact they are in good hands and and i i mean probably the best three managers in world football man are at these these clubs show sure, manchester city have let go of goals but they have got alvarez who, who is going to be someone uh, have been reading a few articles you know we, we can expect quite a bit from alvarez haland i mean what a signing dude what a fucking signing sorry for my language <laughs> no i think um, no no other club even tried to poach him out or hijack that deal it's because it's for the money that they yeah. they got him for and the the you know you you could say that mbappe is the finished product but haland probably is on par and still you feel there's another gear and he probably has the best coach in world football coaching him that's pep he will get the best out of oling haland then they've for a backup they've got uh, who's the guy from leeds i'm forgetting uh, oh Cal- field, calvin, phillips. calvin phillips calvin phillips uh, to replace fernandinho yeah. so he's going to be so that's that's the caliber that manchester city are playing at man they they, they are buying 40 50 million midfielders as a backup um and uh sure zinchenko is left but if okuera signs for them man that's that's a pretty decent signing as well because yeah. he did very well at brighton i'm sure yeah just the one season but he was the player of the season he caught everyone's eye uh his contract is till 2026 so i think they go they're going to like probably pay more than 40 million for him uh as long as they don't let go of bernardo silva of bernardo silva doesn't push for a move for barcelona i think man city have replaced goals 
They've replaced their left back. They have replaced Fernand. They have upgraded on Fernandino. Fernandino in his prime was great, but they've yeah. upgraded with Fernandino. Some might say they have upgraded with Kukuera. They've probably got the best striker in the world now. <laughs> uh, they've got Phil Foden, who's going to, you know, shift into another gear, a more mature Phil Foden. They've got probably the best midfielder in the world in Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I don't think Man City have weakened by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, it might. You know what might not work for Manchester City is how these players settle in initially. If they take time to get into the gear, that's the only hope I think the others have. Because uh, I won't be surprised if in the midst of this World Cup season, these guys get 95, 96, 97 points again. Yeah, this is a season like no other, man. It's going to be cramped. Agreed. They're going to be injuries. They're going to be. It's going to be COVID cases, unfortunately. Uh, I still think Man City are going to get 95 odd points. That's how good they. Look on paper, man. That's I how. I sometimes, yeah, I sometimes look at the Man City squad and said, "Why are we even bothering with Sancho signings? Like, no way are we, you know, close to Man City and the depth that they have in their squad, especially with all the rumors of you know Werner wanting to leave or Ziyech getting offers from AC Milan and all that sort of stuff. And with Man City, it's almost like yes, they've let go, as you said, let go of of players who. Have the potential, and especially Zinchenko, which was a surprising one because he's quite young. I, you know, you know, a team like Man City would never let go of Zinchenko. And but, do you have any concerns of Man City, you know, selling their players to their direct rivals, Chelsea getting hold of Sterling? And we saw, uh, it, and, and us Chelsea fans were very, very impressed with his performance against Charlotte FC uh, in the preseason game. And he was, you know, quoting Mark, uh, Alex Goldberg here, but he said. He was levels above the wingers at Chelsea. So, directly selling players to uh, to rivals is that a good you know deal for Man City? Uh, just just the one. The other is Arsenal. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Arsenal is Arsenal is a. Sure, don't get me wrong. Arsenal. Yeah, like I think the, the the reason I say that right now is because I think Arsenal have made some good signings this summer, but and they, you know, but but they, let's be honest, they're not going to yeah. rival Manchester City this yeah. season. They might eventually, but. Uh, See, uh, Jesus wanted more game time. Sterling wanted more regular starts. So I I understand why they have let go of these two. Uh, sure, you might say uh, with Chelsea rivals, but but the reality, Chelsea was the only club who were willing to pay that much. And and one thing I I I I mean we have to credit Manchester City. We spoke a lot about you know initially they spend they spend. I mean the the amount of money they recoup, like Ferran Torres fifty odd million now Jesus so much money Sterling so much money Zinchenko bloody Zinchenko they might end up getting thirty million you know yeah. so the way Manchester City sell is is amazing so and and they know how to sell if Manchester City would it with all due respect to Chelsea football club Manchester City would not sell Sterling to Liverpool. Yeah, agree. Twenty percent. Agree. Yeah, but but to Chelsea they've taken that gamble, but the gamble is backed by Haaland and Alvarez. So yeah, uh, man, if Haaland clicks, it's scary. It's, it's <laughs> it is scary, it man. It really it is. is. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. about Chelsea where we don't have Lukaku anymore. 
Werner isn't fe- Werner isn't liking the situation at Chelsea right now. Kai Havertz isn't, you know, playing really well. Batshuayi, I don't really have a lot of hopes for him to play 30-odd games a season and score 15, 20 goals. So Chelsea, without an actual real number nine who's in form, uh, I, I am, you know, heading into that season, I am very scared of, of what Liverpool and Man City can do. But the only thing that I'm positive about is Chelsea struggling in November, December every season, no longer because because of the World Cup. So I'm banking on that. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about this last year a lot on the podcast and he said, what if we just don't play games on November and December? And, and you know, this year it's not happening. So so this is the only yeah, thing that's you're not going to you're not going to drop points there. You're not going to drop yeah. points there. If you, you could have play, for, if you don't play on those you ones. One for Divo Origi, man, like uh, the 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 man, the myth, the legend. But <laughs> I think yeah. I think this year that it might just be that that we go without a, a real striker or a real you know number nine because we we've, we've had some really bad experiences with with in that in that position in general, and it's it's a bit tricky because we generally do play three at the back, which means we've got not a lot of options to play with uh, in in the front three. With Mount always taking up that one spot, you've you've got to rotate between Kai Havertz and a left winger uh, at times. So it's I, it's almost Pulisic like Pulisic could be someone who you guys. We really uh, want him to kick off because it's yeah. it's it's been a long time and his injuries are really concerning a lot of fans now because we paid yeah. quite a lot of money for him and and it's it's like every game we go into we find out oh Pulisic is injured again. He's got a niggle in training. He's got you know warm up hamstring pull or something so really looking forward to seeing hopefully Pulisic for the for for the whole season I'm hoping and, and even against Charlotte he played quite well that goal as well even though it was a sitter um, but your quick thoughts in general in Europe you know Bayern Munich selling Lewandowski uh, getting Sadio Mane in the, on the other hand Barca buying out every player on the transfer window while they're they're in a debt, debt of, of 1.3 billion it, it's almost like Chelsea want a player and Barca's like nope let me let us have a go at that player and see if we can bid for them uh, and at the same time PSG with their stars and, and Real Madrid uh, your quick thoughts on on these teams uh, in Europe and and what they pose in the Champions uh, League uh, I, I have a great relation uh, equation with Real Madrid supporters here in India yeah uh, because I really bond with them a lot uh, I get along with them what a great club but I am starting to dislike them a lot because um, <laughs> 15 odd games I have seen as as a person uh, as a fan in person, three of them we have lost, and all three of them have been against Real Madrid. Uh, so I'm getting sick of them now. Uh, <laughs> Real Madrid have signed uh, Chaumini. Uh Vinicius has signed a new long-term deal. There's only one thing that probably Real Madrid can focus on is that right wing position where Rodrigo plays at times. Uh, Valverde played in the Champions League yeah. final. Uh, that, that that is something they might look to strengthen, but I think in general they are. Solid. They've signed Rudiger on a free. Yeah, well. Rudiger's okay. Yeah. So uh, Real Madrid, amazing. Uh, PSG. Uh, I don't know what to expect of them. I I really don't. I I they've got a new manager in, so it's going to be interesting to see how he works with that team. It's about time that they win the Champions League, just like Manchester City. They have been building for it for so long now. I mean, come on, when you have. Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, Sergio Ramos, Donnarumma. Yeah, they have Genie Van Alden in midfield as well. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they've got Verratti, who's yeah. so fit, bro. 
Uh, Hakimi is a really good player as well. They 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 have the personnel. Uh, they should be doing. I I really don't know what to expect of them. Bayern Munich are going to be the team to beat if you ask me in Europe this season. Uh, Delict, Gravenberch, Mazrai, Sadio Mane. They might sign uh, uh, Lima from RB Leipzig. Um, just it's it's going to be fascinating to see how they play now without Lewandowski. They've got Sane, they've got Komen, they've got Mane, they've got Gnabry who signed a new long-term deal. They've got Muller, uh, they've got Goretzka, they've got Kimmich. They're no, core Alfonso Davis. I mean, their entire, yeah. I mean, their core is unbelievable. And uh, Nagelsmann is also, you know, someone who has a point to prove. Show he won the league, but uh, that loss against Villarreal, I'm sure, is going to haunt him. It still haunts him, but. I, I think Bayern Munich could be or should be the team to beat in Europe this season. And uh, Barca, your guess is as good as mine, brother. I don't know where and how and what is happening. Uh, they can't pay De Jong their wage, his wages, but they're spending so much elsewhere. Sure, I'm sure uh, there is some sort of uh, some factors why they are not paying De Jong, but. Now, if they sign Jules Kunde as well, I, I I don't know I don't know what is going to happen. How is it happening? So I think with with Jules Kunde, it's quite frustrating because with Chelsea, he's he's had you know personal terms agreed since last year of June, and we've been hearing about Jules Kunde for quite a while now, and it's always been Chelsea leading, Chelsea leading, and now that finally we're coming in close to finalizing a price, if he is happy with fifty five million pounds, some something around that range with add ons, it's it's like Oh, Sevilla is just waiting for Barcelona's offer. They're just they're going to give it a few days and see what Barcelona. Even though they don't want to sell to Barcelona, and and Kunde seems like he wants to go to Barcelona, but not Chelsea. It it is quite frustrating to see that. And with Barca just coming in like the Rafinha deal, uh, Chelsea were leading in that as well, and they they got that done. There were some rumors about Lewandowski, not strong ones, but you know it is quite surprising to see oh wait if you see you've got money but then they're they're also talking about oh let's let's sell Frankie de Jong and that's going to clear up 30 million in wages for a year so as far as you know top five in Europe Barca uh I don't know where they're getting their money from or Spotify every time you listen to something every time you guys are listening to this podcast on Spotify you're giving Barca some 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 extra (laughs) cash on the side um but yeah (laughs) But but Mohammed, it just it just feels like you know as an outsider. Of course, we don't know the finances. Yeah. We don't know how they're balancing the books. They are in debt. Sure, they've signed a deal. Sure, they've given the TV rights x for x amount of years. They've apparently got seven fifty million. But it feels like a big gamble, man. They have to be. They have to be careful. Uh, but the good thing for them is that Laporta is someone who loves the club and is known for yeah, managing yeah. the club in a great way. So, if he is in charge and so many things are happening, so I think they know, of course, they know what they're doing, but they might be alright. But, you know, I just, as a football purist, I'm kind of scared because shit can go downhill. Yeah, 100%. You know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I hope it happens, but, you know, We've seen weird things happen in football, man. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. And to see Barcelona in this position, even if you're just a general football fan, you know, someone like Barcelona, the, one of the biggest names in, in 
club football uh, to be in, in this position is quite surprising. And the mismanagement over the last couple of years since Messi's left has, has been horrific at Barcelona. So as a, as a football fan, yes, you know, I want to see Barcelona right there at the top computing again. And I think with Barca, what they've what they've also implemented a strategy, a strategy which I quite like is they've they've been targeting a lot more free transfers, which mm-hmm. which really are helping them. Christensen being one of them um, from FC. Chelsea FC. Yeah, that that was a big. I, I'm still in shock that Chelsea just let two defenders, two world class defenders at Chelsea leave for free, and then we had to pay for Koulibaly and now Kounde. I think let's move on to the other kind of challengers. I, I'm not not sure if there will be title challengers, but at least top four challengers in terms of you know Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspurs, and and Man United. Uh, Tottenham. The reason I'm scared about Tottenham is is what Conte did at Chelsea in one season, and the preseason training videos and the matches that I've seen so far of Tottenham. They look promising, and with, with if they've gone out all out this transfer window, it's 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 unlike Tottenham to spend this much in a transfer window. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Pochettino must be thinking, "What wrong did I do, man? Why didn't <laughs> I get this financial backing?" But uh, they've addressed quite a few issues. Perisic, what a signing, bro! Uh, sure, he's in his early thirties, but. I, I really like Perisic and I think Conte is going to get the best out of him. Uh, Spence from Nottingham Forest, I saw him play against Liverpool in, in that FA Cup game and I was like, who the hell is this guy? Amazing. The Suma in midfield uh, for the money that they've paid, 20-odd million. Great signing. Richarlison, I, of course, uh, being a Liverpool fan, I don't like his antics a lot, but he's the guy who will run for you Till the end. He's a nuisance. You would love him to be in your team. Hate him if he's not. Uh, and Longley on loan from Barcelona. So they have addressed all the issues. They've got five bodies. Um, they've got Conte, bro. You know, that's, 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 a, that's the scary part. Like yeah, the players are the players are good. Yeah. It's it's Conte, which I'm more concerned about because what he can bring out of those players. Mohamed, the thing is, there's a saying Spurs being Spursy will fuck it up, but <laughs> But 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 Conte, they've got Conte. Yeah, I'm sh- like he is their manager, but Conte is not Spursy. Conte is that ruthless guy who. I mean, will... if he can if he can win the league with Zapacosta, Alonso at wing backs, then then he can do anything. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't Moses your wing back? We had Zapacosta in there as well at times. I remember that that goal um, uh, that he scored in the Champions League. But yeah, yeah Mo- Moses. I wouldn't say Moses was a bad wing back, which is why I didn't exactly, mention him. Exactly, exactly. But still, Moses was, was. Yeah. Now he now he's got Perisic, uh, who's yeah. world class. Uh, he's got Spence, who he can make world class. Uh, he's got Son, Kane, who are world class. Richarlison, I'm sure he'll get the best out of him. Uh, Hoybier is a very underrated defensive midfielder, man. I really like Hoybier. So I I I think Tottenham are gonna. You know, uh, they they did screw our title challenge with that draw. They got two wins against Manchester City. Uh, so, I mean, they are good in big games. And with these signings, I think they can make things very interesting. They, I think they're going to be in the title race. I think they're going to be in the title race, for sure. I, I get that feeling. They are going to have a massive say. Yeah, I think I think agreed with that because... 
Conte, it's it's Conte. I think I think if you want to describe Tottenham, it's Conte. He can he can switch things around and and you know get the best out of every single player he's he's signed. And and they've you're, you're right in 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 saying that they've addressed these issues that they've had the past few seasons. And I think this is why they've kind of spent what they've spent this transfer window because they want to be up there. They don't just want to be a top four team anymore and they want to compete for trophies uh, and and try not to mess it up as 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 they do it at Spurs but man united the world cup sorry, sorry being sorry. a world cup year could actually work for them the world cup being yeah. in the middle could actually work for them i think Because... that's what i'm that's that's what my theory is that it's going to help and also at the same time affect a lot of teams yeah. and this is why teams are more spending a lot more this transfer window and trying to have a depth because they know there are bound to be injuries they're bound to be fatigued yeah. you know world cup and then the top six teams playing in almost four competitions five competitions year long round it's no longer going to be a game a week for until december and then they decide let's go to yeah. two games a week it's going to be two yeah. games a week every single week before ending the season ends um, with that you know a new coach at, at man united as well eric tan hag coming in Lissandro Martinez their star signing in in defense this season do you think they're up for it? they're up for the challenge uh, maybe Ronaldo shows up this season and 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 does something for them uh Christian Eriksen also i think is going yeah, to be uh, is going to have a massive say for man united this season um because their midfield you know has been that has been the weak weak link sure defensively they have struggled we have seen Martial show his preseason but he scored three goals you know it, it, is it is it a confidence issue with marshall i don't know but uh, ten hag certainly seems to be getting the best out of him i think in ten hag they they have got the right manager you know we speak of, we speak about big clubs right everywhere in the world you look at real madrid they put ancelotti you look at uh, chelsea they put tuchel there you look at liverpool they have Uh, your club like Manchester City, they've got Pep. Uh, uh, Nagelsmann is is a very good manager as well at Bayern Munich. I'm look, I'm thinking of big big teams, Allegri at Juventus, historic teams as well. Bayern, uh, Pioli has done well at Milan. Talk. So it feels now they have someone with an identity who will take them forward. Manchester United is for me, for in my humble opinion, they will not win the league in the next year or two. No, I agree but with that. Have, but they have the right manager to set them up and win. Eric Ten Hag is someone who has a clear philosophy. You know, we've seen Ajax; they played great football. Even when they lost last season uh, against Benfica in the Champions League, I was covering that boy. They thrashed Benfica, man. I don't know how yeah. they didn't qualify. You could see them play so well. So he will implement that philosophy. He commands respect. Something unfortunately Ole didn't. uh i i don't i don't know the ronaldo issue bro i mean uh the thing is even if he stays he's not been there for the preseason man. i think he has the, the way i look at it is he has to stay because chelsea have declined real madrid yeah. have declined atletico they are in, they're not saying no fully but bayern have declined bayern have de- declined so every club has declined and it doesn't i'm not trying to shade on ronaldo and say it's because he's he's finished or anything but that's just in general because of the salaries that these guys get ronaldo messi i'm sure even if messi would have come to the transfer market right now 
no one's going to take him unless he's ready to take a pay cut. No one's going to take him if he's ready to come for, for, for a free transfer or something. Because yeah. clubs now do not think a year ahead. They think five years ahead, six years ahead. The signings Liverpool's making with the young players, the signings Chelsea's trying to make in terms of Koundé. We're not just thinking about next season. We're trying to think for the next five, six seasons. You want to make sure that 60 million you spend on the player works for the next few years, not just for an immediate. Yes, Ronaldo might come in, make an immediate impact for a year, but then what are you going to do after that? You're going to have to find another one to work with. See, I mean, Ronaldo is, alongside Messi, the greatest that we have seen in our generation play. So you cannot, I mean, I understand where Ronaldo is coming from because he is so number driven in a great way, you know, because he gets he gets the best out of everyone in the team. But he's going to be seeing Benzema, he's going to be seeing Salah, he's going to be seeing Messi, he's going to be seeing Lewandowski play in the Champions League. And he's going to yeah. be like, bro, I'm 37, <laughs> I don't want to miss out. Yeah. So you, I can understand where Ronaldo is coming from, but then again, you know the, the money that you mentioned is so important. But do you want someone who is clearly thinking about himself? You know, the move is for himself to play in the Champions League, which he deserves to because of who he is, and he's still on top of his game. But as a club, you know, money aside, you have to also think about this. Because it becomes about Cristiano Ronaldo, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think you're right on that. Because the reason he came to Man United was because he thought there's a there's a plan for the next few years. I can come in, help that team out. And, you know, not just an emotional connection, but also go on and maybe get them another Premier League title or the Champions League title and, and you know, become one of the greats at Man United if he's not already not one of the greats there. Um, yeah. With that, just before we end it quickly, your your quick thoughts on on the Premier League for next season and you know the top, let's say the top four in the Premier League and the teams to look out for in the Champions League. I, I I'm gonna make a bold prediction in the Champions League. I think Bayern are gonna win it. That's my prediction for the Champions League. Um, Although Jürgen Klopp has said, book your tickets for Istanbul. So, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 hope, I hope Liverpool have a good run. And I think Liverpool have a good run in, in Europe once again. Premier League, it's tough to look past Manchester City, man. Uh, it's, it's very tough to look past Manchester City. If Manchester, see, I, I, I know that Chelsea and Liverpool are going to be knocking on the door. If Manchester City have a slow start, I I, I think Liverpool Liverpool uh, can win it. I'm not saying Liverpool are the underdog, no. Yeah. Uh, because Liverpool have now spent the money, have signed the players that they wanted. Liverpool have a great team. Liverpool have a great manager. Liverpool have a settled team. Uh, sure, replacing Mane will be tough. But the edge is with Manchester City. I would say that. The edge is with Manchester City. The only reason why I'm not including Chelsea in this conversation is because of what you mentioned up top. And uh, also letting go of Rudiger and Christensen and Kulabali. Sure, he's a great signing. But if you if if Aspi and Alonso leave as well, there's a bit of uncertainty at the moment over there. Your squad doesn't seem complete. At the moment, sure, it will be eventually. But right now, when we're recording this, I don't see a complete Chelsea squad. So, for that reason, I'm not including Chelsea in the conversation. But they might just end up signing a few good players and they they, they will be. I'm sure they will. 
but edge to city hoping they have a slow start so that liverpool wins but uh, i think city to win it yeah with the chelsea i with the chelsea with your thoughts on chelsea i completely agree with that because we've yes we've we've made those two big signings and we're going to do we're going to make uh, the signing of Koundé as well but it's just direct replacements for who's left and with Sterling yes he's in addition but we've got someone like Ziyech Werner and Kalamats and Adoy as well at the club who are not performing to the level Tuchel would have want week in week out from them and we can't just rely on one or two players to do the job every game we used to do that back then with Hazard he used to, you know, when he used to start against the big clubs, especially, he used to make sure that he had game-changing performances. And we don't have that at Chelsea right now. Yes, you you can do that in Champions League games where you've got this one player who changes the game for you because it's a one-off game or, or a two-leg game. But in a 38-game Premier League um, challenge... I, 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 I'm sorry to cut you short, but Broha's name came in my head. I think the situation with Broha is that Tuchel doesn't want him to go, but Broha doesn't see a future at Chelsea right now, which is which is why a lot of a lot of Chelsea fans we do want to see Broha because his his spell at, at Southampton was quite impressive, even though the systems and the setups are quite different from from Chelsea. It, he is a promising striker, and it's one of those where we can we want to convince him to stay, but he thinks with Kai Havertz being there playing regularly and Werner getting a higher chance of getting selected over Broha at the moment it he seems like it's fit that he now leaves on a permanent but Chelsea are trying to keep him and it's it's even with Broha in there I still do agree like Chelsea might close the gap but they're nowhere close to the level that Man City have been or Liverpool have been last season where every game these two clubs walked into they said here we are we're here for three points Chelsea at some games felt like we're just here for the draw or we're, we're happy to take away one point from a game against Man City or Liverpool because we know they're better than us. And that's the mentality that Chelsea have right now. And you're right in saying with Alonso leaving, with Aspi leaving and not having replacements right now as of today, it is yeah. concerning that, that you know we are moving in the transfer window, but not fast enough to cover up all the bases that we're losing out on and then the improvements that we need to make for next season. So I, I do really see Chelsea doing well, but at the same time, I feel like this could be one of those seasons where we might even, if, if things go wrong in this window, we might even end up out of the top five, we're, even with Tuchel in there. Uh, top four, sorry. Yeah, uh, I think I think... Chelsea with the mentality and Tuchel, they will be in the top four. But I, I get your yeah. skepticism that because Man United have a new manager, Tottenham yeah. have spent that much, Liverpool and City being Liverpool and City of the recent years, it's it could be tough. But I think Chelsea will be there. Yeah, because the reason I'm a bit skeptical is because when I look at the points table from last season and I see Chelsea all the way till December were leading, and yeah. then. A few months from there, and we finished only three points above Tottenham. We finished four points above Arsenal. So if we would have lost a game, we would have been below Tottenham or Arsenal at any point. So it's one of those where I'm really hoping that our players click and, and whoever we've got at the club, we click and, and things happen. I'm not going to keep you for too long. I was good. Sorry. No, no, I, no, no, don't worry. I, I, I was okay. just saying that... Uh... 
at the end you guys faltered because you knew that you're going to be in the top four it kind of felt like that as an outsider chelsea is just floating with the thought that they would give arsenal and tottenham both an opportunity to finish in the top four but i think chelsea were pretty comfortable i mean at the start of the season like 10 or 12 odd games everyone thought that chelsea was the team to beat right yeah. so uh, yeah so if chelsea have a great start you never know man i'm it's- sure we are we are speaking about yeah lukaku is gone uh, batshuayi but still if if you look at if if you look at the team i mean they still have some pretty amazing players yeah. so so if they click if they have a good start if tukel probably gets his one or two more signings i i, I genuinely feel chelsea uh for sure top four is now going to be stressful for them man yeah i think i think i'll, I'll... I'm 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 to, I'm optimistic but at the same time I want to wait for the transfer window or or to see a couple of more signings before I kind of make yeah. my final predictions and say right this is this is my seven stone prediction yeah. for the season. Who, who do you think is going to win the cha- you asked me put me on the spot who do you think is going to win the Champions League and uh, the Premier League? I think Liverpool not Liverpool uh, I think uh Real Madrid have got a good chance. I think Real Madrid still have a good chance with with Rudiger coming in, Schumeni and Benzema the way he's been he's been performing so i would put real madrid and bayern yeah bayern up there as well maybe liverpool they tend to do well in europe maybe another loss to real madrid would would mean that you cut off <laughs> real madrid fans <laughs> but no i think and in terms of the premier league it's it's man city i think they're they're far ahead of everyone right now yeah. unless you know an injury injury happens to one of their star players and then and then we can we can talk about Liverpool being in there but Chelsea United all of these teams far far to go for us uh, in this transfer window before even the season starts for us to even think about you know a, a title title win next season okay. right okay thank you thank you Manas for coming on the podcast uh thank you for giving us your time and uh for for, for those of you watching please follow all of her social media pages I'll link them Uh, in the description below if you're watching on YouTube if you're watching on an audio platform they'll be in the comment section below uh add us to your playlist it really helps us a lot and um uh, i make sure to leave a like rating and subscribe and to get the latest transfer news on Chelsea FC as well as the big clubs from Premier League and around Europe follow us on our social media pages thank you Manas once again for coming on uh hope to see you Pleasure. hope to see you back on the podcast soon when the season starts maybe maybe even we bring on some man city and and arsenal fans and we have a debate yeah <laughs> it'll be fun whenever whenever yeah. you want me man i'll be here thank right. you so much for having okay. me thank you thank you for coming on thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time